Hello and welcome back to another episode of New Old and Songs Untold. I'm your host Anna and I'm here with Nick. Nick, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. All right, this is episode 64, 64 and for yes. this uh, Valentine's Day, it's coming out near Valentine's Day. <laughs> It'll be a couple days episode. after. But... Yeah, for this Valentine's Day episode, we're doing breakup songs. Yes. So last doing... last time we had a Valentine's Day one, we did love songs. Mm-hmm. So now we're doing doing the inverse, doing uh, breakup songs. But uh, should we should we get into it? Yeah. So for today, for our list, we got Billboard came up with came out with a top ten. Best breakup songs of all time, so we're gonna use that as our control list. Yeah, I feel like uh, breakup songs are kind of um, they're kind of there can be a lot of different kind of songs. Yeah, I found when I was researching it that there's a wide variety of breakup songs, so I'm there sure is. we'll have a, a different a lot of different. I also kinds had cause... one on my list that I take off because it wasn't about a relationship; but it was about uh, someone's mom dying. Oh, but the lyrics are very just. Uh, so. I feel like you can make any song a breakup uh, well, song well, if you I really put, want to. I, I switched, <laughs> if you I try hard out. enough. Yeah. 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 But, all but, right. All right. Should we get into number 10 for yes. the list? Number 10 is Olivia Rodrigo's Driver License. Oh, I forgot uh, came about out that in, one. Uh, 2021. Uh, oh, fantastic man. song. It's, I mean, spoiler, it's on my honorable mention. So. That's so sad. I literally forgot about that song. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Dang. Okay. Uh, what's your number 10? All right, my number 10 is The Scientist by Coldplay. Uh, this is their al- off their album A Rush of Blood to the Head from 2002. Um, I th- this, the lyrics are kind of like vague, but I think the song is about a scientist who's like super caught up in their work so that they neglect their significant other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess um, Chris Martin wrote this song based on his, quote, disasters with girls, which is yeah. <laughs> yeah, true. a hilarious way to say that. True. Um, but yeah, I I like this song a lot. I it the video is really cool for this. It's like all backwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just watched it randomly. Um, we did. But yeah, I like this. Uh, the vocals um, are very raw. I guess he kind of just was like when he was writing the song, he just was like, "Hey, record this," and sang the vocals, and that's mm-hmm. the vocals that ended up on the official track. Um, but yeah, the piano is like really sad and beautiful and I, I really like the way the lyrics are like, they're telling a specific and kind of a unique story. Like it's a weird perspective. Um, but it's also, it's really about like universal emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really the, the Glee version that they sing is really sad if you've seen Glee. Um, but yeah, that's the scientist for my number 10. All right, my number 10 is a song that I don't even know if any of you listening have ever heard because I randomly Ooh. remembered this song when I was making my list. It a is, deep cut? Uh, Pray For You by Jaren and the Long Road to Love. Oh, my God, I love that so. song. That song's hilarious. <laughs> it, um, it's off of his Getting Dressed in the Dark uh, in 2009 album. So this was his debut single that it debuted at, or it peaked at number 34 on the Billboard Hot 100. Basically, the song is about um, he's praying for those who has, like, uh, wronged him in love, uh, specifically former lovers. Um, And I'm just going to read you guys the... (laughs) The chorus. The, the chorus because <laughs> this is why this song's hilarious and it's it's a catchy like it's it's pretty catchy super too. catchy yeah but so this is the chorus i pray a flower pot falls from a windowsill and knocks you in the head <laughs> like i like i'd like to i pray your birthday comes and nobody calls i pray you're flying high when your engine stalls i pray all your dreams never come true just know wherever you are n- near or far 
in your house or in your car. <laughs> it's like a Dr. Seuss story. It is. <laughs> Wherever you are, honey, I pray for you. So, yeah, so he's paying, praying for misfortune. Yes. For and it's hilarious version. how many like random misfortunes he goes through with, like, yeah, the whole song. Yeah, it's so, funny. That's uh, my number 10, Pray For You. All right, that's a good one. I did not yeah. think about that one. <laughs> yeah. All, All right. right, number nine number on nine. the Billboard uh, Billboard list is the Beatles' Yesterday. Oh, that's a good one. I don't think of that as a breakup song. I just kind of think of that as like a sad life song. True. (laughs) But I suppose it is a breakup song. All right. What is your number nine? So my number nine, it's it's not really a breakup song, but it is at the same time. Um, But it's No No Tears Left to Cry by Ariana Grande uh, Mm. off her 2018 album Sweetener. So it was written by Ariana Grande and Max Martin and a couple other people. Um, and it was like re- it was the first song she released after like that terrorist attack um, that happened at her concert. Yep. yep. So it's like it's almost more about letting go of the pain yep. of that rather than yep. like a breakup. But it does sort of allude more to like a breakup yep. song uh, in the lyrics. Um, but I guess she wanted to write a song kind of like Gloria Gaynor's "I Will Survive" that starts out like a slow ballad, but then kind of turns into a whole mm-hmm. different song, um, which I think she did really well. And yeah, I guess um, it's kind of just about moving on. I, I feel like it's a really powerful song. When you, like, listen to the lyrics, I mean, it's also, like, the the music is very vibrant yeah. and, like, yeah. um, very powerful in that way. But the lyrics, if you really listen to them, it's, like, really her trying to, like, process and move on from this mm-hmm. situation. But that's uh, No Tears Left to Cry by Ariana Grande for my number nine. All right. My number nine is by the queen of love songs and breakup songs Ooh. and heartbreak songs is uh, Taylor Swift's We Are Never yes. Ever Getting Back Together. <laughs> I have another Taylor's, not that one, but another Taylor Swift I have two on, on my, my list. list. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I know the other one that you have then. <laughs> uh, this is off her Red album, which came out in 2013 and the re release in 2001. Um, so. This song is actually also written by Max Martin, too, which is kind of funny. I Not, guess he's the bra- he's the heartbreak. So it's Max uh, song Martin master. and a person named Shellback, uh, and her kind of all wrote the song. The song kind of came came to be when uh, a apparently a friend of one of Taylor Swift's ex came into the studio with like this like and asked her about a rumor that whoever the ex was, uh, if they're going to get back together. And she said, there was a quote saying that she said, break up, get back together, break up, get, ba- get back together, just uh, the worst. And then Martin suggests that they write about that incident, and then Swift kind of began playing guitar and saying, we are never, ever getting back together. And the song kind of just went from there. Yeah. that's a, Honestly, that is a classic yeah, breakup song. Yeah, I mean, song. if you think of a breakup <laughs> song, it's a pretty, that's a pretty, uh, pretty yeah. solid I, I heard that song. there's rumors it's about Joe Jonas, but I, yeah, I, I like know. all Taylor Swift songs. Be, Who it's knows? all about, about some guys. So. Yeah. Uh, but that was my number nine. We are never, ever getting back together. Yeah, I wanted to put that on my list. It was close because that is a, a very iconic breakup all song. All right. Number eight. Eight. is uh for the billboard is uh somebody like you by adele yeah i didn't put any adele but she wow she, i thought this was gonna be in her list no i do it's a good song i just had like other ones that i felt like mm, I, I don't know fair enough all right what is your number eight then uh my number eight is maps by uh the yeah yeah yeah's from their album fever to tell from 2003 side um, note before we continue i feel like our lists are going to be we're not going to have a single one Maybe one. We're going to have the other Taylor Swift song okay. to say. Okay. <laughs> I'm, so I'm maybe almost positive. Just that one. Yeah. I thought you were going to have 
that Adele song on. No. Okay. No. All right, we'll continue, sir. Okay, yeah. Maps is my number eight. Um, not like when you listen to it, it doesn't sound like a traditional breakup song because it's not like necessarily yeah. a pop song. It's more of alternative. But um, the lead singer, Karen O, wrote the lyrics about her boyfriend uh, when he left her to accept a job offer. Um, and yeah, it's basically... Um, about I, the the refrain is like uh, they don't love you like I love you, so mm-hmm. it's kind of that feeling. Um, the word maps comes up in the chorus, but like no idea what that means. Like people kind of think it's an acronym, but yeah, uh, the Karen O has never explained what that means gotcha. or how that gotcha. even relates to the song. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and it's funny. So Kelly Clarkson's song "Since You've Been Gone" features like a basically a copy of this song's guitar riff. Okay. Um, which that song might may or may not come back on this list uh, in a little I bit. I about that song, actually. <laughs> yeah, um, and she she didn't. That Karen O was not impressed that Kelly Clarkson gotcha. like stole her, her song, but or part of her song. Um, but it's interesting. Beyonce also sampled this song for her song uh, "Hold Up," uh, so it's widely used for, by mm-hmm. a lot of pop singers. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love this song. If you have like, if you like li- alternative music, you either have heard this song or you have to like absolutely listen to this song because it's kind of like one of those staples in the early uh, alternative scene. But um, yeah, her vocals have like a perfect amount of raspiness, and it just builds so beautifully in the. I just whacked the mic. You smacked the mic. <laughs> it builds beautifully to the chorus. Um, where she repeats the refrain. But that is Maps for my number eight. All right, my number eight is Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Off her... Oh, number eight? Yeah. We, I have that on my list as well. Oh, look at that. I kind of figured you would. All right. Um, it's off her Back to Black album, uh, 2006. Um, since you have a higher level, I know how much of an Amy Winehouse fan you are. Yes. I will let you do the talking for the song. So. I know. We've never been able, I don't think, to talk about Amy Winehouse on this so podcast So I'll let yet, you, that, so. I'll just leave it at that's my number eight. Um, I, this song is really good. It's, it's, it's. Uh, I'm sure you'll you'll say a lot it's more. A about it. It's a devastating breakup. It's devastating, but it's also very powerful in how it's like a it's like a strong stance on a breakup song mm-hmm. too. She's really sh- strong sounding in the lyrics, so a uh, really good song. Um, but also a really solid breakup song. So that's my number eight. Back to black. All right, All right, on to number seven. Number seven for the list is. Amy Winehouse is back to black for for Billboard. Would you look at that? (laughs) Yes. All right. What is your number seven? My number seven is It's Too Late by Carole King off of her 1971 album Tapestry. Um, So she co-wrote this with uh, Tony Stern. Um, It's a very, like, intimate song. It's a good, it's a very singer-songwriter style song that she kind of popularized at this time. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Uh, it's about how she realizes like her once promising relationship is now totally over. Um, and she's kind of like putting on a brave face, but she feels, you know, tormented and kind of, um, uh, upset about it inside. And this, interesting enough, this song was released as the B-side to I Feel the Earth Move, which is one of her more popular songs. Um, but It's Too Late actually um ended up topping the charts in 1971 but i feel the earth move never charted which is weird hmm. i was like what I, that, I, to me that's her like, is uh yeah is a more popular song than this yeah. one but hmm. um yeah this song won a grammy for record of the year that year mm-hmm. um and with all her songs like the vocal performance is it really stands out um as being like very genuine and authentic um 
And it's actually like a little bit like groovy sounding, but also like down tempo yeah. and very moody at the same yeah. time. Um, but I love her songwriting. She's a great songwriter. Uh, but that's too, It's Too Late by Carol King for my number seven. All right. My number seven is Pain in, the, Pain in My Heart by Otis Redding mm-hmm. off of uh, his Pain in My Heart album in 1964. I love Otis Redding yeah, so, so much. Yeah, it's, so it's a pretty, it's a pretty here, straightforward but... just kind of uh, him explaining how he's feeling about a breakup. Obviously not too great about it. Um but you can't go wrong with some classic Otis Redding, you know. It, his voice just kind of gets you in a really he's, good mood. Yeah, but then he's he's like know. heartbreak blues. Yeah. Uh, the peak of that in mm-hmm. his vocal but, performance. But that is my number. There, there's like it's so funny. Is like there's this is one of those songs. There's no information online about mm, to like give yeah. you more inside uh, inside information here and. Some of that just happens sometimes when we're doing these. But this was one where I was like, I don't know how because it's the it's the name of the album. Yeah. But the album might know. not be popular. Uh, it's probably because his but... album uh, Otis Blue is is kind of his most yeah. more popular. But one, it's a solid. It's a really good like Otis Redding song. I mean, if you like Otis Redding, you'll love this song. It's a and yeah. kind of just. And if you haven't listened to Otis Redding, but you like older music like soul music, blues, that he's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. So that is uh, my number seven, Pain in My Heart. All right, on to number six. Number six for the Billboard uh, list is Alanis Morissette's "You Ought to Know." Oh, I love that song! It literally the the amount of pure anger in that song is amazing. But mm-hmm. I I didn't quite put it on my list. It's but on my it's, honorable mentions. Yeah, it's on my honorable mentions. <laughs> All right, what is your number six? My number six is uh, "Bleeding Love" by Leona Ooh, Lewis. There you go. Oh, this song is so good. Uh, go. So that was off of her album Spirits from 2007. Okay. Feels like a throwback. Very nostalgic song I for mean, me. Uh, came out when I was eight, and I freaking loved it. Um, but this, I didn't realize I how good uh, or how well this sold. Apparently, it sold like 375,000 I mean, copies in the first week. It was every. I remember like in high school, it was on the radio. Like Yeah, it became the, fasting, the fastest-selling debut album in the UK. Um I think since like records began at the time, I don't know mm-hmm. if she still holds that. Um, but on the first day alone, it sold a hundred and thirty. Sorry, I cannot say numbers very right. well. Hundred and thirty thousand copies, okay. which uh, outsold um, all the other top tens put together. Hmm. And it, on average, uh, she was selling two hundred albums per minute. Jeez. Which is crazy. Like, is I knew crazy. this was a big song at the time, but I did not know it sold that well. Um, and it hit number one in the U.S., and she became the first British solo uh, female act to top the U.S. charts since 1986. Mm-hmm. Which is like, wow, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, this was actually co-written by the frontman of One Republic, Ryan Tedder, okay. and also Jesse McCartney, hmm. which is, feels very random. It is random. Um, but yeah, I have I have in my notes just uh, in all caps heartbreaking song mm-hmm. uh, because it 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 definitely is it has like the emotions are very high you like you can feel the emotions in the song um, the beat is like incredible and her voice is just reaching like incredible heights like mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever tried to sing along to this in the car or something but it is impossible like she's mm-hmm. just like so much higher um, but that is bleeding love for my number six. All right, my number six is probably one of my most—I uh, would call it a guilty pleasure songs. Mm. Um, 
It's kind of funny. Do those still exist? I know we did a list of guilty pleasure songs, but I don't know if they still I, exist. This actually might have been on my... I feel my, like people just like what they like This actually might have been on my uh, guilty pleasures list. I don't remember. <laughs> I should have looked. I forgot we did that. Yeah. Um, that was like early yeah. episode. <laughs> so my number six is Love Yourself by Justin Bieber. Yeah, off, that's a really good song. Off of his... Uh, it's actually probably uh, I don't even listen to much, but this is my favorite Justin Bieber song. Yeah, it's I also my pick. favorite Justin Bieber. So song. it's off his album Purpose and came out in 2015. It peaked at number one in Billboard Hot 100. It was all over the place. Uh, Guilty pleasure. I love love this song. Uh, it was written by Ed Sheeran. Um, uh, Benny Blanco, I think, produced it. Who I think does a lot of Justin Bieber stuff. But, gotcha. Or at least his older stuff, and then yeah so this song is uh is written by ed sheeran who does a lot of uh pop writing for like he's other artists, other artists yeah. um including himself i think he like i i think i i don't know if it was this song or it was another justin bieber song but like he wrote the song meant meant for him to record it and then it ended up where he just thought the fit was better with justin bieber actually i feel like that happens enough. a lot actually in so, the music industry yeah i don't remember the song or a different one with justin bieber but uh lyrically the song is kind of about a uh, F you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, but who knows? I don't think it would be because if, if it's written by Ed Sheeran, I don't think it's about True. Joseph Beaver's ex. I think what I, I heard they got, got together and just told stories, like just said experiences about relationships. That's why I read about this song. And then Ed Sheeran kind of wrote a song based off that conversation. So it could have been, I guess, I suppose. Um, but... So lyrically, it's just about basically an fu to a uh, pro, uh, a lover who did the protagonist uh, wrong, basically, uh, saying how they're superficial and you should go and love yourself. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, it's really catchy. It's a solid song. So that is my number six. Love yourself. Yeah, I love the sound of that song. Yeah, it sounds really so cool do I. for whatever reason. So do I. All right, on to number five. Number five. Not the Whitney Houston song, I would think. Mm. which one i have nothing oh i thought it'd be um the other one <laughs> i have the other one on my list so. okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i think um so waiting houston i have nothing is billboards number five um what is your number five so my number five is the other taylor swift song which is all too well well that's my number four so right. i guess we can just talk about it yeah so it was originally off of her 2012 album red obviously re-recorded in 2021 mm-hmm. for taylor's version of the same album red yep. um two versions actually Two versions, yeah. Yes, the so, the I guess this was the first song that she wrote for Red, um, and she I guess um, she came up with the idea after like a six month writing block that followed uh, like a a more painful breakup, and um, it's it's kind of said to I mean again this is all speculation but it's kind of said to be about her relationship for three months with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, in 2010, but again, we don't, we don't yeah, know for knows? sure. Um, but it's funny. So I was, I was researching it and the actual, the original version of this song back in like 20, whatever, 13. when they wrote it or whatever, um, was like a bitter t- 10 minutes tirade where she just kind of like, it just, um, spat out a bunch of disses and stuff. Um, she said that, uh, she just kind of started singing and riffing and ablibbing the song, and that's basically what it came out to. Um, but she, there was probably like seven extra verses, and it, it included like the F word and stuff. So obviously, mm. 
when she re-recorded and made a 10-minute yeah. song that was already s- sort of established yeah. when she first wrote it. Um, but yeah, I love this song. I, this is like one of the first Taylor Swift songs I listened to when I was a little bit older that I um, was really impressed with her just songwriting ability. Yeah. Um, like, it's just a well-written song. Um, and obviously, like, everyone has probably seen the short film version of it but it's beautifully directed i mean totally captures the whole feeling of the mm-hmm. song uh she won some award for it she won a grammy for it too this just this yeah. past um, yeah. week but um yeah it's just uh it's really I, I like how it like starts really soft but then just builds mm-hmm. to something super exactly. powerful especially the bridge oh exactly. my gosh the bridge um but yeah the storytelling is great and um. yeah yeah, no, I completely it it peaked at only number eighty, which is kind of crazy. Billboard Hot One Hundred. Because I I think it was off the album. So oh, we are never ever getting back together. I said it was yeah, on the same I album. Yeah, I knew so I knew one, you were trouble is yeah, on that album. So because so. um, I remember is, when it came out, it was kind of a sleeper song. Like yeah. I didn't know it off the radio. Yeah, or I think this is her best song. Yeah, like it's this great. is her best song that she has in her whole catalog. Um, I don't remember when we did Taylor Swift. This was probably my number one for this was. Uh, I just Swift looked. Episode. It was my number three. Okay. Because I, I said this was her best, but not like my necessarily favorite. like favorite. I feel like I put this as my number one, but I, yeah. I can't. Remember. I really like the song. But yeah. if you want to check out our episode until Taylor yes. Swift, you can get our yes. full thoughts um, on all no, her songs. I really like this song, though. You said a lot of what I was thinking. So, um, but yeah, this is, yeah, this song definitely, I think, encompasses a whole relationship through through and through to the better end so and it's a bitter end obviously if you listen yeah. to the and song it, and so. it feels very real like what yeah. she's saying you can tell that she's kind of lived through these experiences mm-hmm. so that is your number five my number yes. four all too well by Taylor so what Swift. is your number five so my number five <laughs> is ivy by frank ocean oh man you're just like picking all these songs that i like <laughs> uh, i didn't even think about so it's off of his album so Blonde, uh, 2016. It came out. Um, it peaked at number 80 on the Billboard Hot 100. The track like depicts a avant like R&B tale of heartbreak, sung over like a distorted electric guitar. It's actually a really. It's cool almost song. like an indie hip hop yeah. song. It's so yeah. good. Oh my god! And like it incorporates kind of like the forever. soul and rock of like his kind of early like work, but with like a hip hop like sensibility to it um it, it's been described apparently as a ballad of reflection and regret where um oh he's like reminiscing of and being nostalgic about lost youth innocence love and a love and what um throughout the whole song um it's just a really good song i mean it's it's a heartbreaking song. It's it's sad, but yeah. it's also really well done, which all of his music's really well done. Um, and his lyrics are so like, I don't know, they're so unique. They're very cryptic, so it's kind of hard to tell exactly what he's saying, but you can feel what he's saying, even it, if you can't understand. It's what also he's like it's, because it's this song is like a look back on like a relationship. Let's say when he was younger, it's not specific, but let's just say like a high school or middle school where yeah. it's a simpler time relationship. Yeah, and um, he has, he has that line like, um, "We'll never be those we'll kids never, again." We'll never, yeah, we'll never be those kids again. Yeah. 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 Or like we were kids back then, we'll never be those kids again. Oh, amazing yep. lyric. Yep. But it's a fantastic song. Um, this whole album's really good. But that's uh my number five, Ivy by Frank Ocean. Yeah, so I've probably listened to that album like a hundred times. We are on number four for the list and you. Yes. I already did my number four. 
Uh, number four for the list is Jeff Buckley's Hallelujah. Mm. That is a sad song. I don't know if I'd call that. A, is that a breakup song? Is that a song? breakup song? I guess. That's like a death song to me. It is kind of a death song. <laughs> <laughs> Which I guess maybe. Um, but maybe it is a breakup song. I don't know. Um, all right. So my number four. Your number four. My number four was All Too Well. Yeah. So my number four is uh, Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson. So this is off of her 2004 uh debut album pretty sure breakaway yeah i'm pretty sure um yeah this song won grammy for best uh female pop vocal performance that year um obviously it's it's more of a defiant breakup song which Mm -hmm. i feel like i picked more of those kind of songs rather than just like straight up sad vibes yeah i kind of have like a mixture of both i think yeah um but this is kind of more about being like better off after a breakup Mm -hmm. um and this song, I guess, almost didn't make it onto this album because uh, Kelly Clarkson heard the first version was like more acoustic version, and she didn't like it very much until it was kind of like put into more of a rock sound, yeah. um, and then she obviously uh, warmed up to it and put it on the album. Um, the song isn't pitch perfect, and just gotta <laughs> throw that out there. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's such a it's, it's such like a head banging breakup song. Um, it, it just like absolutely hits. The chorus is amazing. Um, it's like almost like a cathartic screaming chorus, which mm-hmm. I absolutely love. Um, but that is Since You've Been Gone by Clay Carson for my number four. All right. On to number three. Number, number three. three for the Billboard list is Lord's Supercut. Oh, my God. I feel like we need to make a part two because mm-hmm. I literally forgot about all the greatest songs. <laughs> like, I love that song. I didn't even think about it. Um, Do you want to go or you want me to go? I know we just talked. I can go. All I'll right. Just keep what's, it rolling. What's your number three? <laughs> <laughs> Who needs to breathe? <laughs> My number three is Love is a Battlefield by Pat Benatar. Um, I think it was first off her album Live from Earth uh, from 1983. It was kind of hard to tell which, like, where this first was released um but yeah it uses wartime imagery to describe a heartbreak and uh the people who wrote it i guess actually wrote it more of like a as a ballad mm-hmm. and then they were really surprised to hear what uh pat benatar ended up doing with it where it's more like a synthy rock kind of song um but yeah it's great i i really like the music video it's a very 80s music mm-hmm. video it has like the 80s clothing and um like all the dance sequences and Mm -hmm. stuff um but yeah i just love the synths in this song and the beginning like the beat is just so catchy um and the drama in this song is so amazing (laughs) like it's the most dramatic thing Mm -hmm. ever but sometimes you're feeling dramatic you know um but yeah and her singing you just like feel like you can hear the feelings coming through which is uh, uh, really um, impressive but that is love is a battlefield by pat benatar for my number three all right my number three is i will always love you by whitney houston yep um it is off of her bodyguard soundtrack which i did i knew it was in the movie but i didn't realize it was made for the movie yes uh 19 we did a whole episode on whitney houston also i believe this was my number yeah, if one. you want to go and check that out. Uh, 1992, it came out, uh, debuted uh, number one of the Board Hot 100. It's a um, new arrangement for the movie that was originally sung by Dolly Parton in 1973. Yeah, and she wrote it. I think Dolly Parton yeah. wrote it as well. Dolly Parton, and this song was on, I want to make sure I don't spoil. Yeah, it was on somewhere in this Billboard list, past top 10, that song. Yeah. But uh, it's such a, I mean, 
her voice makes a song and we you can go back and listen to our episode of we rave yeah. about in houston for 45 minutes because she has like one of the best voice ever yeah um, her vo- her vocals her general performance is and just incredible. i think i think why like this is kind of a, I, I feel like this is almost like it's kind of written not like a breakup song but like in the context of the like her like I think her voice and I haven't I actually didn't listen to that part in one I probably should have but uh, at least waiting it's in Houston it's good too it's just less like belty yeah <laughs> but I feel like the beltiness makes it a breakup song yeah it makes because it sound it's like sadder. it the tone the tone of the song sounds sad to where yeah. I feel like lyrically it could easily be like a rejoiceful like breakup. you're telling somebody like you'll always love them yeah but, but I, not in like a pat not in like a past tense relationship thing yeah. but more like a present even, tense. even the tone of the dolly part one i think is still it? seems more like a breakup uh, because song. i think i think in the movie which i don't it's been i only watched it once but i don't remember this is like when her and kevin Costner's character like get in and like she like they get in a tiff they get in a tiff <laughs> you know or something and then this song just pops up yeah because I've, she's playing like herself, but Talk not Whitney Houston. Talk about the Houston. drama. <laughs> yeah. But it's a fantastic song. Uh, she makes it fantastic. So that is my number three, I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. All right. Number two. Number two. For the Billboard list is Robin's Dancing on My Own. Mm. I don't know if I've heard that song, but I've heard of it. It came out in 2010, I guess. Oh, then I definitely have not heard that song. Yeah. I don't know the song. Yeah. All right. All right. Number two for you. That rhymes. What? <laughs> <laughs> my, my number two is uh, Believe by Cher. Ah. So this is off her 1998 album, Believe. Um, I guess the... So she didn't write this song. It was written by uh, just a group of different songwriters. But they were writing... It was like six years in the making, this mm-hmm. song, which is crazy. Um and it's it's the it was kind of the big breakthrough for the production use of auto tune. Yeah. If people don't know that, um, I do not. So she, I, I think it was in existence before this, but she was kind of the first one that had a hit song with auto tune. And then after that, um, all the other people started yeah. using it. T Pain, right? No, yes, T Pain. Um, Kanye West used it all sorts of different songs mm-hmm. in the 90s or mm-hmm. like late 90s used it um but yeah and i and i guess in um america it first charted um at like 99 but then it climbed up to number one and it stayed there for four weeks mm-hmm. um and i guess when it so when it hit number one in the u.s it marked the longest period between hot 100 chart toppers for any act because um, her last uh chart topper was 1970 in 1974 mm-hmm. with uh i think that was with sunny so sunny and share um but in it, i guess it was beaten by the beach boys a few years ago i don't know if one of their songs obviously topped the charts um but it's also interesting she was 52 when this topped the charts making her the oldest female artist to have a number one hit and this was only beaten by Kate Bush in 2022 when her song Running Up the Hill. Running Up the Hill. Yeah, because she was 63 when that uh, hit number one. Um, but yeah, this song is kind of about like moving on in confidence after a breakup. Um, I think it's such a unique sounding song, honestly. Like it has like a really unrelenting beat that drives the song forward. Um, I personally love the use of auto tune in this song. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it kind of gives her her voice her voice like a gurgly like deep raspy sound which yeah. i really like and it works really well in the song um but yeah such such a singable song um but that is believe for my number two all right my number two is someone like you by adele nice uh, off of her 21 album that came out in 2011 I uh, peaked at number one on Billboard Hot 100, and it is about a boyfriend who broke up with Adele. Um, she wrote it with a uh, singer or song sorry songwriter and producer Dan Wilson. Um, funny enough, whoever this boyfriend was yeah. made her millions of dollars. True, so. <laughs> <laughs> honestly, worth the breakup. <laughs> um, so the song is kind of. Um, so there's a good quote here about Adele about like discussing the song because I think this is like the last song on the album actually. Is it really? Yeah. Gosh, uh, what a banger to yeah, like end yeah, the yeah. album with. It was the last song written. I don't know oh, actually okay, if okay. it was uh, where it is on the album. Right, but it was right. the last song she wrote for the album. Interesting. Um, summarize the uh, kind of summarizing the like what the album was about, which was that relationship. Uh, she goes on to say. That, well, I wrote th- that song because I was exhausted from being such a bitch with rolling in deep and rumor has it that, I, really, <laughs> that it, I was really emotionally drained from the way I was betraying him because even though I'm very bitter and regret some parts of it, he's still one of the most important person that's ever been in my life. And someone like you, I had to write it to feel okay with myself and okay with two years I spent with him. That's such an Adele thing to say. Yeah. Like, oh, I was a, felt like such a bitch, so I wrote a different song. But like, I think it's a very interesting like breakup song. Cause it's kind of a, it, it's kind Missing of like you a breakup, like bittersweet. Yeah, it's yeah. a bittersweet. Um, I'm pretty sure she uses uh, what a bittersweet, um, or something in the song. But true, yeah. I, like, but um, yeah, it's such a unique kind of breakup song. Cause it's very like, um, it's very sad. It's a very sad song. I feel like it, and it's straight up sad. And it's straight yeah. up sad. I mean, it's bittersweet, but like the the way. I mean, she's she basically trying. It, she's basically trying sad. to say that their relationship. You know, the song is about their relationship not ending up working, but she wants to find someone like the guy because mm-hmm. how much she fell for or felt for the guy. Right. Um, that's kind of what she's saying in the song, but it's it's a really good. I mean, breakup song. It's sad, but yeah, it's really a solid breakup song. So that's my number two, "Someone Like You" by Adele. All right, on to our honorable mentions. What you got? Uh, my honorable mentions are Love Yourself by Justin Bieber. Nice. Uh, Before He Cheats by Carrie Underwood. Ooh, solid, solid. solid. What a searing solid. breakup song, solid. man. Uh, Gives You Hell by All American Rejects. That's a that's a, also a very, like, defiant... I agree. It's a very yeah. good one. Ah, well, I wonder what your number one is. <laughs> um, uh, you Ought to Know by Alanis Morissette and then River by Joni Mitchell. All right. Um, I wanted to put River on my list, I but love that it's song so uh, not much. on Spotify. So it's not. Um, but I kind of it was on my short. It was on my top twenty-five. Yeah. Joni Mitchell, I, if you're listening, I just want to listen to your songs. So put them <laughs> back on Spotify, please. All right. My honorable mentions is Driver License by Olivia Rodrigo. You ought to know by Lance Morissette. Helena by My Chemical Romance was the song I was talking about earlier. That's kind of written about somebody's like. Like mom? their mom that they didn't like really go visit before it was kind of like oh okay but yeah. like it's written like very that's, my chemical romance song yeah <laughs> i mean they have a song called cancer in the same yeah. uh the all, same all the feels album. but it's it's written very like i had it like high on my list yeah. i had it like six but then i was like i wrote like when you read the lyrics you can't tell it just sounds like a 
you then know, you read the background but then i read the like, background ah. i was like ah i can't put that on with good conscience maybe so. not <laughs> um but it's a really good song so honorable mentions helena my chemical romance because when i was looking up uh list for like obviously i was like oh what's what's the top like emo breakup songs yeah. out of curiosity <laughs> which was up there which so was kind of funny so uh that um helena uh just a friend by biz Marquis. and then uh stay by rihanna mm, that's a good one all right we each i think we know ethos is number one now yeah <laughs> uh, so anna's number one is back in black yeah Back to Black. Or Back to Black, sorry. Not Back in Black. <laughs> sorry, ACDC's uh, Back in Black. Yeah. Little known breakup <laughs> song. <laughs> <laughs> um, and your, I'm assuming your number one is Gives You Hell by yes, American Rejects. you can go first. All right, wait, what's the, what's the list? Number oh, one? yeah. The list number one is uh, All Too Well by All Taylor well. Swift. Yep, that sounds about right. The 10-minute version they specified. Of course, so. of course. <laughs> All right, you can go first. All right, so my number one is Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Uh, It came out in 2006 off her album Back to Black. Obviously, you already talked uh, about this song a little bit. Um, So it was about her breakup with her uh, boyfriend at the time, Blake Fielder Civil. Uh, They eventually got back together and got married in 2007. But I feel like they weren't married when she died, so maybe they broke up. I don't remember. Um, But yeah, Back to Black is like... um, there, this is a quote by Amy Winehouse saying kind of what it's about. Um, and she said, it's when you've finished a relationship and you go back to what's comfortable for you. Uh, my ex went back to his girlfriend and I went back to drinking in dark times. And that's really like what it's about. Um, uh, it entered the Billboard High 100 at uh, s- number seven, making her the highest debuting British female artist um, in the history of U.S. charts. So that's debuting. Um and I guess it was the biggest sell- selling album of 2007 worldwide, selling 5.5 million copies, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, I love this song. This whole album and just Amy Winehouse in general, just she toes that line between like being melancholy but not feeling like sorry for yourself mm-hmm. necessarily, yeah. which I love that like mindset. Um, and this this song specifically, it sounds like so heavy even though it has like a a piano which is more Mm -hmm. of a lighter instrument um but it's just like perfectly sets the mood um to me she's one of the best singers of like all time she has like that almost like a drawl when she sings and it's very jazzy and it has like this grittiness i absolutely love Mm -hmm. um and it's very unique but um yeah you can just i feel like you can just feel the pain that she's singing in this song through the way that she sings it yeah um, but that is back to black for my number one. All right, my number one is "Give You Hell" by American Re- the All American Rejects, uh, off of their "When the World Comes Down" album, two thousand eight. It came out, uh, peaked at number four on the Billboard Hot one hundred. Probably their most popular song. Yeah, maybe move um, along though. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's, yeah, it's close. Um, so it was written by Nick Wheeler and Ty- Tyson Rit- Ritter, which is their uh, which is the lead singer. Um. I know I don't know if a lot of people probably don't know uh, the All American Rejects like I do since they're like one of my favorite bands. So yes. we uh, talked about them in an album battle a long time. Yeah. ago. Yeah, um, I, I noted this because it's kind of funny uh, that so it was, it was off there. This is their third album, but it was recorded at George Lucas's Skywalker Ranch Studios in that's, California, which but, I didn't know he did music studio. Well, that's it's so random. Skywalker <laughs> Ranch, yeah. I did not know that either. Um, so the song itself is basically just telling like giving someone a big middle finger the whole time i think it's a perfect like just 
yelling, angry breakup song at somebody, even though it's technically not specifically about a breakup. Ritter went on to say, and that's kind of just, it's about, it's, it's just about, it is about this asshole. It's a dude who (laughs) will never know. Uh, it's about him, and then he goes on saying, like, it could be about anybody, though. It could be about yeah, a I teacher, like it's, boss, it's, your parents. It's very you know. easily applicable yeah. to a breakup, though. Yep, yep. It's basically you're, it's about someone being really mad at the other person, and it's super catchy. Yeah. You know, you hear the beginning, and if you've you ever heard the song, you will instantly know the first the first few line, the yeah. first few. Uh, uh, I, I remember being like nine years old when this came out and just screaming in the car like, <laughs> hope it gives you hell. And it's like, but, it's so hilarious. All right. Well, that is my number one. All gives right. you hell. Let's run back through them real quick. Yep. So, so uh, my number 10 was The Scientist by Coldplay. My number nine was No Tears Left to Cry by Ariana Grande. My number eight was Maps by the Yaya Yaz. My number seven was It's Too Late by Carol King. My number six was Bleeding Love by Leona Lewis. My number five is All Too Well by Taylor Swift, the short version, not the long version. Mm-hmm. Um, my number four was Since You've Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson, and that is you with the letter U, not uh, the word U. <laughs> True. Got to specify, very important. True. Uh, number th- my number three was Love is a Battlefield by Pat Benatar. My number two was Believe by Cher. My number one was Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. All right, my number 10 was Pray For You. Uh, by Jared and the Long Road to Love, which is a hilariously long name for some guy. Yeah. Uh, number nine was We're Never Ever Getting Back Together by Taylor Swift. Um, side note, I always feel like I add an extra ever, ever. I just feel like I say we I never, never, ever, 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 ever back. Back <laughs> uh, My number eight is Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. My number seven is Pain in, Pain in My Heart by Otis Redding. Number six is Love Yourself by Justin Bieber. Number five is Ivy by Frank Ocean. Number four is All Too Well by Taylor Swift. Uh, Number three is I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Number two is Someone Like You by Adele. And my number one was Gives You a Hell by the um, All-American Rejects. All right. Um, I've noticed that there's just a ton of these songs. Like you're saying, we easily could do a part two. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I, and I feel like the thing about breakup songs is that they're so they're all very different. There's like mm-hmm. like we said, there's a large variety of them, um, but obviously they're all capturing like a different yeah. facet of I mean, experience. Yeah, yeah. Because you know? it's like because every breakup affects people in a different, different way. Different, yeah. At a different time in the breakup, you have different feelings yep. about it. Um, so I feel like yeah, there's just like a plethora mm-hmm. of all the different diverse kinds of breakups and feelings you can have with a breakup. Mm-hmm. Um, so. All right, well, yeah. I think that wraps up episode 64. 64. Of, uh, uh, new Olden Songs and told. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you want to, we'll put the songs on our playlist, a new Olden Songs and Told podcast playlist on Spotify. If you haven't checked out our other podcast we just started called Feature Link Films, go check it out. Um, if you like movies and specifically uh, like more in-depth on a few like really good movies, uh, we kind of talk about a few movies each episode, yeah. and uh, two movies that we find connections between mm-hmm. that mostly we like, and we yep. just kind of talk about so, uh, our, our opinions about them. Those are a little longer episodes, so if you need something uh, in the background, you know, while you're working, uh, go check those out. Um, but thank you guys for listening, and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>